0: Hi, welcome to Unwise Girls, a Percy Jackson reread podcast. I'm your host Jane and this is your co-host Jacqueline.
1: I'm Jacqueline. How you doing today, Jane?
0: Uh, I'm I'm stressed we we were working through I'm, some of my audio issues before the show
1: yeah i i am personally uh i'm we're gonna have to speed run this one which we, is fine a little bit so it might be as li- we it might be a little bit shorter than usual so okay. how about we jump right into the chapter summaries for this week hell yeah okay chapter nine i am offered a quest Percy's moved from cabin 11 to cabin 3, Poseidon's cabin, where he's now miserable, especially after someone sneaks a newspaper into his room that says he and his mom are officially missing, and Gabe is telling the press that Percy may have been at fault. Grover calls Percy to a meeting with Chiron, who tells Percy that there is a brewing war between Poseidon and Zeus over the theft of Zeus's master lightning bolt, and Zeus thinks Percy, son of Poseidon, is the culprit. Percy is sent into the attic, where he receives a prophecy from the scary mummy, Oracle of Delphi. Which goes as such, You shall go west and face the god who has turned. You shall find what was stolen and see it safely returned. You shall be betrayed by one who calls you a friend. And you shall fail to save what matters most in the end. Percy goes back to Chiron, who tells him Hades is probably the real culprit and the one sitting monster, said to Percy, However, only a mortal hero can confront Hades, and so Percy, Grover, and Annabeth are given a quest to travel to the underworld's entrance in LA, retrieve the Master Bolt, and return to Olympus within ten days before the deadline of the summer solstice, and all without being able to fly. Chapter 10: I ruin a perfectly good bus. After getting their supplies, the Quest gang has a farewell with Luke and Kai on the top of Half Blood Hill, next to the Talia tree. Where Luke gives them flying Hermes sandals and Chiron gives Percy the pin he killed Mrs. Dodds with, anachlismos, or riptide, a sword gifted by Poseidon that is made of celestial bronze so it can only hurt monsters. Before they leave, Chiron tells Percy about how there's like a mist that makes it so mortals can't see mythological things, and about the time before the gods, the golden age when Cronos ruled and mortals lived in terror and how the titans still live imprisoned the gang is driven by argus the camp guard to the bus terminal and on the way annabeth and percy talk about the ancient rivalry between poseidon and athena and grover tells percy that sally married gabe because gabe carries a human stench powerful enough to mask percy's big three demigod stench and learning that only reinforces percy's wish to save his mom On the bus, everything goes smoothly until three familiar old women get on the bus. Uh, The Furies, who Percy almost sneaks away from using Annabeth's Athena-gifted invisibility cap, until he sees them praying to attack Grover and Annabeth. Percy takes the wheel, swerves the bus, and vanquishes two of the Furies with Riptide, while Annabeth restrains and Grover disarms the Mrs. Dodd's fury, until a shock of thunder gives warning to the three of them to jump out. And after they do, a bolt of lightning hits the bus. But Mrs. Dodd survives. Chapter 11 We Visit the Garden Gnome Emporium Walking along the New Jersey Riverbank, the team lament their equipment losses. Percy commiserates with Annabeth about her feelings on living at Camp Half-Blood since she was seven. The team were lured by the smell of greasy food into a place called Auntie M's Garden Gnome Emporium despite Grover saying that he smells monsters, and they're taken in through all the life-sized cement statues to have a meal with the proprietor, an old lady wearing a headdress called Auntie M. After a series of increasingly obvious hints, the team realize, once she starts taking off her headdress, that Auntie M is Medusa, who tells them about how her boyfriend, Poseidon, broke into a temple of Athena with her, and Athena cursed her and her sisters. While Grover uses the Hermes sandals to distract Medusa, Percy executes an Annabeth plan, using a glass ball to be able to see while he gets close and cuts off Medusa's head, but not before she can warn him that he's just acting as a pawn of the gods. Annabeth lets Percy know the head doesn't get vaporized because it's a spoil of war, and it can still petrify. They have a spat about whose parents' fault it was that Medusa exists, and Percy uses a Hermes packing slip in Medusa's office to send the head to Olympus. And now chapter 12. We get advice from poodle. While they're camping in the woods, Grover and Percy lament the poor condition of the environment, and Grover tells Percy he's trying to get a searcher's license to find the lost god Pan, who disappeared around the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. Percy also learns that Grover was probably Annabeth's keeper from when she came to camp five years ago, and then they talk about the pe- peculiarities of the quest. The monsters sent from Hades seem to be trying to find the le- Master Bolt too, Despite Hades presumably having it, Grover also clocks that Percy is probably questing to impress his dad. Percy has a dream buff, frightening voice from In a Pit, uh, bar- bar- bargaining with him for his mother's life in exchange for helping the voice rise and strike back against the gods. Fortunately, Percy wakes up and sees that Grover has found a lost poodle. The team will claim the reward for it and use it for the Amtrak. Uh, what do you think of these chapters? uh i really like them
0: it's yeah I, as always they've, they've all been really strong so far
1: yeah i agree um do you have like a strong opinion right off do you have like one strong opinion you want to say yes okay uh, I, go ahead
0: I, I really like the um, okay be quiet uh you, you got me
1: <laughs> okay My i want to tell everyone have been
0: silenced <laughs>
1: I've cancelled you. <laughs> I want to tell everyone that I beat Hades finally this week. <laughs> I finally beat Hades after like after like 50-something runs, and I feel so proud of myself. You should be proud. Thank you. Okay, well, go on with your strong opinions.
0: My strong opinion is I think you'll find it relatable, given how frustrating you've been finding Hades. Uh, I really yes. like that Rick is not shying away from what absolute pricks the Greek gods were.
1: God, yeah. I we should talk about like some of that stuff because there was a whole chapter with Medusa.
0: There sure was. And
1: last week I cut out a I cut out a bit of us um just talking about like Perseus and the myth of Medusa and like her origins. Mm-hmm. And I and I cut that out because I was like, that's not gonna be necessary in the future. <laughs> um But the thing is, um, we get this whole chapter and Medusa says that uh, Annabeth's mom caught her in the temple with her boyfriend, Poseidon, and made her into a Medusa, into a Gorgon. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now, the problem is, Hmm. this isn't a problem, Hmm. because this is a book for children. Yeah. Yeah but but i I guess I would encourage you to like look up the actual origins of Medusa because Poseidon was not her boyfriend, and yeah, but yeah, I don't know there's yeah we we get we get a lot about here about like how the Greek gods are just total jerks,
0: I think it's. You know, it's a it's a change that you have to make if you're putting... Because Medusa's really recognisable. You want to put her in your Greek storybook for children. Absolutely. Uh, but you you do need to chop and change a few things to make it kid-appropriate. And I think... Yeah. To Rick's credit, um, he's at least chopped and changed it in such a way that it builds on the image we're getting of Poseidon where he is a dick.
1: Yeah. And same with Zeus... Like, yeah. <laughs> Zeus and Poseidon got in an argument at a meeting and were, like, decided to destroy all of humanity if, like, they didn't get over their respective temper tantrums. It
0: really, yeah, that really is what happens.
1: Yeah, like, and it's really, it's pretty good, actually, because during the Pinochle game, there's this whole surrounding atmosphere of, like, it's stormy at Camp Half-Blood, mm-hmm. which, which doesn't happen. And, like, we get the sense that Zeus would just like blast Percy immediately if he didn't think there would be like consequences
0: oh absolutely
1: it's it's very screwed up feeling like both the sky and the earth are dangerous for you
0: yeah uh speaking of the sky uh, I I, yeah. ha- I have a theory about this book that I wanted to discuss with you go ahead which is that um right off the bat. I am pointing my finger at Luke as the potential traitor.
1: Why do you think Luke is the traitor?
0: Okay. Um, so he, I don't remember him from the later books, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very handsome. He's a mentor figure. It would be really devastating if he betrayed them. True. Uh, he also knows what the different gods do. And how, like, the the sky is Zeus's domain, and how Zeus is trying to kill Percy. And then Uh he handed Percy a pair of flying sneakers.
1: (laughs) You're not wrong.
0: (laughs) He's either just dumb, or that was a very clever assassination attempt.
1: That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, God. Speaking of, like, the Camp Half-Blood kids... yeah. Uh, there's a lot of good characterization for Annabeth in these chapters.
0: Yeah, I we learned that. Hmm, go ahead. You, no, sorry, you go. My thing is dumb and bad.
1: I like do your dumb thing first. My dumb
0: and bad thing is that it feels a bit like Rick's trying to make her into a Hermione figure.
1: I don't like that, and I disagree. <laughs> uh, I so <laughs> go go on go on. I'm just dude, just dude. the stuff
0: about her like she's got. She's got the book to read when she gets bored, and that's basically all the evidence I have. And she's also I, smart. That's that's, a,
1: that's you a, are a p- you are a pure heart. Um, <laughs> I to me this this uh these chapters showed that Annabeth was like put a lot of self. I, okay, I want to say that I don't disagree with you. She is a little bit of a Hermione. Mm-hmm. This is a post Harry Potter work. Yeah. Um. She, it, we get the sense that she places a lot of like of her self-worth on being like a traditional greek hero mm-hmm. like she's a daughter of athena who's like a war goddess and or, like a strategy battle goddess and like she's all about like <laughs> questing fighting killing monsters that's like what's important to her mm-hmm. which uh one is it's, just, I it's mean, kind that... of cool for like a Go no,
0: okay i was just gonna say it it fits with her backstory that she's like that, because we know that she's been in Camp Half-Blood most of her life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, like, that has to, I guess, change how you think about things. Yeah. Especially since we get a vague sense that, like, her... We don't quite know how her, like, home life is. We don't really... It's interesting. We don't know yet. Um, Makes okay. you curious about it. Yeah. I, I really liked... I, I like that she is, like, a character... Like a developed character like this, she's she's probably the most interesting character to me so far. Um, how come Chiron's always in his fake wheelchair?
0: Um, because it's really embarrassing to just piss on the ground wherever you go, so he's pissing in the box.
1: I. Yeah, <laughs> I guess your theory is getting more and more likely. <laughs> no- unfortunately, nobody
0: is more concerned about that than me. Trust me.
1: Oh God. Um Mr. D rules I love
0: still. him. he's so funny.
1: He like threatens Percy like if you're not out of here, I am going to turn you into a dolphin.
0: that's it's such a good threat as well.
1: I is it a threat even I would love to be a dolphin
0: <laughs> Percy does not sound as if he would love to be a dolphin' is the thing
1: that's his own problem
0: <laughs> but that's what makes it a punishment.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, we got some good Grover moments in, this, in these chapters, too. Grover is a good boy. Grover is a good boy. I have a better picture of who he is now. Yeah, Like, he feels very... He cares a lot about, like... the About, like, finding Pan, which, like, all of his family have tried to do. And they have all... Everybody who's ever tried to has died, but he still wants to. yeah. The, he also gets some really cool moments with like, fighting Medusa. Yeah, he just got
0: the the mental image of a goat boy flying around with his eyes shut and hitting a snake lady with a piece of wood, is just inherently very funny.
1: And he just goes right in for it. He's so cool. (laughs) Oh god, yeah, I. Is this racist? Is this the depiction of Medusa racist at all?
0: It's a little bit... I've underlined some stuff where I was like, that's... You didn't need to do that. You didn't need to say these things.
1: Because, like, I can understand a basic, like, idea of, like... She's wearing... She's she's wearing a a head covering to, like... Uh, uh... Sorry,
0: it just... I didn't think about it a lot. I just thought, oh, it's a bit weird that he was, how he's just describing her as Middle Eastern. It just struck me that, like, oh, she's made herself sound like that so that she can wear um, a niqab, I think is what that one is, um, to hide her snakeheads.
1: Are you saying she's doing an accent? Are you listening she, to the audiobook?
0: No, no, she does. It's, it specifically says her accent sounded vaguely Middle Eastern. Wait, really? No, that's I'm <laughs> quoting it exactly.
1: Oh my god.
0: It's a little sus.
1: I didn't even notice that. Yeah. I was just like I was just like, Percy's talking a lot about like what she's wearing. I that's interesting. I guess it's, talking about like weird on the border of like racist stuff. Um let's oh. talk about the age of the West. Also, <laughs> at the Age of the West, Jane.
0: Um, Chiron uh, has a YouTube channel called "Defend Europa," where he Christ. talks extensively about immigration and the Great I Replacement.
1: Hate... I hate that so much. <laughs> um, so we last la- the last set of chapters we learned about just like the The concept of the heart of the west mm-hmm. and we basically came down on the side that like that was fine you know it's it's presented as like a neutral concept was not concept.
0: as much of a Nazi dog whistle at the time
1: yeah but now it's like Chiron talks about how like back when the Titans were around that was the age of the uh, age of gold and then um, and right now we live in the age of the west which is like <sighs> That's horrifying to me. Like that he that this is being presented as like the defining feature of the world for like this like epoch or whatever.
0: I've got I've got in one hand my copy of Percy Jackson the Lightning Thief, and in my other hand a copy of Heart of Darkness. And I bet if I re- yeah. if I read any excerpt from Heart of Darkness and then a Chiron bit, you wouldn't be able to tell which was which.
1: <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Um what about that what about that Fury's attack, huh? That was a uh, th-
0: there let's let's escape from this. That was a cool fun action scene that I liked a lot. Uh we got I more agree. more fun and creative use of an invisibility piece of clothing in those few pages than we got in seven fucking books of Harry Potter.
1: I you're right, but <laughs> I, plus a bus is such a cool setting for, like, you can do so much with, like, the, you know what a bus looks like. Everyone kind of knows what a bus looks like.
0: Yeah, speaking of that scene, I do actually want to briefly address something. Uh, Yeah. The first bus driver we meet in this book is an absolute Chad. Yeah. Like, he is getting out of the bus when it breaks, he's smacking the engine with a wrench. He has a cool Mm -hmm. one-liner when it's fixed. Yeah. Like, I I love him. He's my favorite character. Uh, This bus driver was, quote, the first one out after it crashes. This is the virgin bus driver? This is the virgin bus driver, uh, (laughs) who flees at the first sign of trouble and leaves the passengers in with, uh, presumably what they see is just a weird old lady hitting some children.
1: You know that, like, the first bus driver would have like gone into fight with them.
0: He would have smacked Miss Dodds around the head with the wrench.
1: Absolutely. I do wonder what the mortals are seeing in that scene. I think Because like
0: It has to just be like Mrs. Dodds smacking them with a walking stick. Well like, maybe she has like a sword cane.
1: I was thinking that like because, like, when all of the uh, the Furies go up and surround Grover and Annabeth and all the, all the people on the bus start screaming, I was imagining, like, three old ladies walk up to these two kids on a bus and simultaneously all pull out guns and point at them. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what, that, I have to imagine that, that's what they saw, because that's, I would scream too.
0: Yeah, that's, like, the only thing I could think of that would elicit that kind of reaction from a bus full of people
1: absolutely a bus full of people is like barely alive <laughs> so making them react to something is very impressive
0: like yeah because if they were just like shouting at the kids and hitting them with walking sticks they would either be ignoring it or going hey come on let's stop that they have to yeah they have to have seen them like pulling out uzis or something
1: absolutely they're like oh maybe i'll be hurt by this <laughs> oh god Uh, There's a lot of just, like, good, good like, team bonding stuff in this, and, like, small character moments.
0: I, I love how Percy and Annabeth's relationship is being developed in these chapters.
1: Yeah, same, because they're just, like, friendly rivals, I guess?
0: Yeah, like, they are not best friends. They clearly have, like, some issues with one another. But it doesn't come through, like they it doesn't come through as them like hating each other it comes through as them it comes through as them just like acting friendly and being a bit snippy at each other when the stuff that they disagree on comes up and that's just yeah it's a it's just like you know nicely believably written that's how real people act and b it's way less annoying than the other way of doing that which is how most children's fiction does it
1: yeah, which is either like they're completely they completely hate each other and are opposed to each other all the time and they won't cooperate at all. Or else it's like they are completely like in sync. Exactly. This has a nice median, I guess. Yeah. Plus, like, you get so many good Percy moments in there. Like, you really feel for him because he like he just lost his mom. He finally found a place he could stay and then he immediately becomes isolated in a Poseidon cabin.
0: Yeah, that's. Yeah, that bit really, like, you feel like shit for him.
1: Yeah, this poor kid.
0: Because it is, I know the book makes it fairly explicit, but it, like, it makes so much sense that this is the kind of thing that would just send him crashing into the dumpster, emotions wise.
1: Absolutely. And there's this moment later on where Percy is, like, thinking about Poseidon, and he's like, why did he never send us like child support? Yeah.
0: Like I know that you can't exactly like I'm sure that you can't just make out a check for 500 drachma. But if you send him a lump <laughs> of gold, that will probably help.
1: Yeah, or like like surely the riches of the sea are like bountiful. Yeah. And surely Poseidon can extract some cash from like a really rare puffer fish or something.
0: Hmm, I don't Maybe mailing someone a pufferfish fish would be, like, a bad idea. That might poison them.
1: He'll cash it first.
0: This is... Actually, this is a good segue into, um... My thesis for this chapter is that mailing someone Medusa's head is like mailing them a live hand grenade and not telling them what's in the package.
1: (laughs) You're right, because, like, someone... I don't know, like, who's, like, a minor Greek god? Like, huh? I don't know, Eros or something is going yeah. to open it up and it's going to be like, hey, hey boss, I- Aphrodite, we got a package over here. And like, and like look at the head and like open it up and like accidentally look into these eyes and then like the concept <laughs> of, then the concept of like sexual desire will be lost because Eros is frozen and stone.
0: <laughs> like he doesn't label it. No. It's just an unmarked package.
1: (laughs) Grover is like, Percy, they're gonna think you're impertinent. And Percy's like, I am impertinent. Hell yeah, Percy.
0: I am impertinent. I'm just low-key trying to kill Zeus.
1: (laughs) Honestly, that would solve it. It would.
0: Like, holy shit, maybe that's what he's doing.
1: (laughs) Percy is like the pragmatist of the group. He's like, well... It's 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 a it's a difficult situation here. It's going to be hard to do. Let's kill Zeus. Because if he
0: if he kills Zeus, then well, no, Zeus isn't going to kill him. If he kills Poseidon, he proves that he wasn't working for him. So like it's win win.
1: It is, and if he kills like if he kills like Hephaestus or something, <laughs> then they'll be like, oh, he's Kratos now. <laughs> And we'll get to see Kratos Percy. Uh, there's a very funny moment. There's a hashtag Rick funny moment in here. Oh? When Chiron tells Percy, read the Iliad, it's full of references to the Mist. <laughs> Which is like... It's, it's like taking a concept from a work, claiming you've invented it, and then <laughs> being like... <laughs> and then being like, hey, look at that, they're referencing my thing.
0: This actually... Okay, this is, you know, this is a ballsy move, and it's also made in another one of my, like, favorite pieces of kids' literature from this time. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, Skullduggery Pleasant, where the the book is based around, like, these ancient uh, evil gods called the Faceless Ones. Uh, and, like the like, a character just drops at some point during the book. Oh yeah, HP Lovecraft uh, was so mad that he like saw glimpses of the Faceless Ones so he wrote books about them so really when you think about it HP Lovecraft was referencing me
1: That's so good love HP Lovecraft was so racist <laughs> that he he, he, he was think he thought he thought of a person of color and immediately just went red with rage and passed out and saw into the other world Chiron's—I mean, I know we're talking trash on Chiron. He's pretty good in these chapters.
0: Listen, this—a lot of this is unfortunate implications that we're drawing out. As a character, he's fine.
1: Yeah, like he's—he's he's like a really nice surrogate dad to Percy. Yeah,
0: the, the sword is the best present you could give anyone ever. Like the idea that you, if someone
1: gave you- me a pin that turned into a sword. I would cry.
0: If someone gave me any object that I physically couldn't lose, I would cry.
1: Yeah, that's like the best superpower. It's not yeah. like, oh, it can kill monsters. It's like, oh, it can't be lost.
0: Like, cool. This, this can of lemonade will always come back to me, no matter what I do with it.
1: God, yeah. <laughs> and it's constantly full, and it's whatever flavor of lemonade you want to be.
0: This just this just now wish. sounds like a gift from Dionysus.
1: I wish Dionysus was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's described that there are like two different Camp Halfblood Dionysus kids, like twins. Yeah, and I bet they're just living the best life. Uh, I think
0: those kids have been drinking since they are about five.
1: That's fine though; they can handle it. I
0: mean, they have to live with Dionysus, who like is a funny character, and I love him, but I imagine cannot be. Tolerable for extended periods of time.
1: No. No. I, how do you think Dionysus sired those kids? <laughs> like, did he leave the camp? And like... <laughs> did he like go out and like... Just like romance a lady? This Dionysus? I guess I can see it.
0: It might have been one of the forest nymphs.
1: It could have been one of the forest nymphs. That's true. Um, The Oracle of Delphi...
0: Terrifying.
1: Primo goosebump shit.
0: Genuinely, like, freaky as shit design.
1: And the way the prophecy happens is so, like, chilling, yeah. but also, like, like, the vision is summoned and it's, like, Gabe and his friends are on the poker table and they're all telling Percy, like, this horrifying prophecy. It's it's really good. Yeah. And it reminds me of that, of that really good prophecy reading from, Her- from Hercules
0: the disney movie
1: yeah disney movie
0: i'm afraid i haven't seen that which feels like it should be essential research for this
1: that'll be a bonus episode yeah um but yeah it's a really chilling prophecy i love like how it like you can hear it in your mind it's like a uh it's 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 good (laughs) it's good it's really good grover's a hillary duff fan
0: I don't I don't know who that is. I actually I should check. Did that get changed in the localized version to like Queen or something?
1: If they change the Grover can only play Hillary Death on his read pipes to like Grover can only play Don't Stop Me Now on his Reed Pipes, that'd be <laughs> hilarious. Screams. What?
0: No, I just I can't find it. I'm burning valuable minutes. That's
1: terrible. Okay, uh, let's move on. Let's move on.
0: Let's move on. Uh, Let's say for the sake of comedy that he can only play Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles.
1: That's right. Oh, that's horrifying. (laughs) Speaking (laughs) of horrifying... Okay. Why did... So Luke gives Percy the sandals. Yeah. And then Percy's like... They even smell like normal sandals.
0: Wait, what? What? Percy
1: says... Luke said, "Luke, give us Percy the sandals." Percy is like, they look like normal sandals. They even smell like normal sandals. <laughs> why did he smell them?
0: Uh, no, I need. They even smelled kind of. What the fuck,
1: <laughs> Rick? Why are you doing this to us, Rick? Uh, they really are circus children. <laughs> <laughs> that. That
0: made me laugh. That weird, incredibly stupid lie that Percy came up with.
1: Yeah. I, And you know that like Medusa didn't buy a word of it. She obviously oh, knew who they not. were. There wasn't like a moment where she was like, what if they really are circus kids? I've got to take them in just so they can have <laughs> my greasy fast food that I make at my curio shop. How long has she been running it? That's... I mean
0: long enough for them to build a new highway next to it
1: that's true unless she like assumed some mortal's identity but that seems far fetched a little bit I mean long enough to unless she takes
0: all the statues with her when she moves long enough to have killed Grover's uncle who presumably did not get very far from Camp Half-Blood in his search for Pan
1: maybe he lived in like Fresno (laughs) sometimes Oh God! I, uh, speaking
0: of this section,
1: uh, yeah. How did
0: you find like the writing about Percy feeling like sleepy and drowsy from all the food?
1: I thought it was like, I thought it was, It was. It struck me in a way. I was like, this is relatable. I have felt this way about fast food before.
0: Okay, good. Because I was reading these chapters at like two a.m. and yeah. I was like, is this writing really effective, or am I just tired?
1: i think it was a little bit of both yeah like i it made me be like i want tater tots i want just a large (laughs) box of tater tots uh and annabeth like drinks with like a large vanilla milkshake i'm like come on that's not fair rick can't write that in there (laughs) uh oh
0: what do, you, um, what
1: the, I know what do was, you think about the What do you think about
0: the pan stuff? Go on, go on, go on. Uh you said in your summary that um it was after a series of increasingly obvious hints that they figure out it's Medusa. Yeah. And while you are absolutely right, I do think that this like carries on something this book has been very good at, which is uh-huh. making like a kid with a fairly like low level knowledge of Greek mythology feel smart.
1: Yeah, like, you can piece it together from, like, if you're, if you are a small child, you will probably figure out that Auntie M is Medusa pretty quick, or at least a monster.
0: Oh, I I mean, the writing is on the wall about that from the start.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because Grover's like, I smell a monster. And Percy and Annabeth are like, who cares? We want food. (laughs) And I love that it's not like just Percy being like, "Oh, I'm a boy and I want food. They're both, like, they are both in the food trance.
0: Like, we can't eat tin cans, Grover.
1: Those poor, half-blood children. <sighs> stretch, stretch, stretch.
0: I've written M for Medusa in this book, and I feel like an idiot.
1: M for Medusa? As in, like...
0: <laughs> the exact the exact thing that Percy says, like, three pages later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I thought I was being um, clever. You, you thought? You thought, I don't want to rag on you. No, it's but you thought. I I I am
0: the idiot child with the surface level knowledge of Greek mythology. That's the twist here.
1: I understand. I understand. <laughs> I I had pretty recently seen the um the original cover of this book, which features Medusa's face on it. Oh, so I. I was a bit more quick to recall.
0: God, the cover for The Lightning Thief is so much better than the cover for Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know who this weird British boy is on your book. He looks like he's taking a shit, frankly. Yeah. Also, The
0: the Lightning Bolt is not even bronze.
1: God, yeah. And the cover for, like, just The Lightning Thief classic is, like, so, like, moody and, like, well like, well-drawn as, like a, like, a as, like, a com- composition.
0: It and really they, is. It,
1: look, it just looks good.
0: Just, God. It's so much better. Yeah. Fuck you, J.K. Uh, Rowling, for a number of reasons, but also <laughs> getting the localized copy of this book to look like such trash.
1: It's, it, absolutely. Um, we can also talk about Okay, so I think that, like, Speaking of, narr- speaking of like 10 minutes ago, speaking of like little narrative tricks that uh, Mr. Riordan does, mm-hmm. um, he establishes in these chapters that that Chiron has a, a, a like a secret prophecy just for himself. Yeah, special prophecy which, like, just for horses. That basically is like a get out of like a do whatever you want with the plot free <laughs> uh, tool. It's very useful. Like, you reveal a very small bit of information and, and later on be like, see, it was all built up to because Chiron had the secret prophecy.
0: It's definitely Chekhov's it, prophecy.
1: Absolutely. And you, it's it's good, though. It's good. Yeah. No, there's it's, it's a, a line, skillful little bit of writing. Yeah, there's a line where um, Chiron asks Percy, he's like, now Percy, think. Which god would benefit from a war between Poseidon and Zeus? <laughs> my dumb ass immediately thought, like, oh, Ares, the war god.
0: I mean, that's that's not wrong. He would probably enjoy that quite a lot.
1: Yeah, but, like, I guess it makes sense that he was talking about Aedes from, like, a perspective of whatever.
0: Yeah, from, like, the, the big three stuff that has been established and repeatedly hammered into our heads throughout this book.
1: Yeah, the, the big three. Um, but I was, um, I would actually be surprised if Ares doesn't come up at some point in this book.
0: I mean, hasn't... Oh, you mean like the actual dude?
1: Yeah, like if Ares isn't like a, a minor antagonist or something. Yeah,
0: that, seems, that feels like it would make sense. I mean, yeah. from, from what I remember about this book, there's... There's, like, the bit where they go to the casino, which doesn't seem very Aries, And then after that, they just get to Hades.
1: I think that's right. Um,
0: Well, that could just be, like, my very vague memory of the
1: movie. Yeah, we we still, we're, like, halfway through the book at this point. Yeah. So, which is, first of all, heck yeah, good on us. We did it. For doing a podcast for that long. (laughs) But... I've only ever the only podcast I've ever recorded have gone up to like one episode at most.
0: This is the only podcast I've ever recorded.
1: You're doing very well for your first time.
0: Thank you. You are also you are also doing very well for someone who is more experienced.
1: Thank you. I I like to think I'm talented. You are Um, the uh, the camps. So when Percy is talking about like. Like the equipment they have as they're leaving the camp. Did you catch that he says that the camp store lent Percy a hundred dollars? Yeah, sure
0: did. Like on on campus, loan sharks.
1: Does he have to give it back? <laughs> does are they gonna? Is there gonna be interest?
0: <laughs> no, he actually has to oh. work on the strawberry farms to pay it back. It's a horrible I, little child labor racket they've got going on.
1: Oh God! It's like like there actually aren't any gods or anything like that. This is just like a really elaborate performance to get them to work in the <laughs> strawberry fields.
0: That might be the twist at the end of book five.
1: That it might very well be, and then like who even knows what the next series is about? Christ! Yeah. So I I'd like what did to. Think? Sorry. You'd like to. Go I, on.
0: I'd like to just very quickly uh, go to a word from this week's sponsor.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, as Chiron as mentions in this in these chapters, cell phones are traceable by monsters, and if you use one, it's worse than sending up a flare. But if you install Surfshark VPN today, you'll be protected from all <laughs> underworld monsters.
1: <laughs> oh God.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I just wanted to do you that. There great- you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> use Grecian VPN. For...
0: <laughs> God, Percy would use Surfshark as well.
1: I've never heard of Surfshark, but I have to assume it's like an Ord VPN. It's
0: exactly the same, but it has an aquatic creature in the name.
1: Mm. And is therefore
0: more, more oh, you're appropriate. Right.
1: You're right. Uh what do you think about the pan stuff?
0: It's a really interesting bit of like world building and lore for the satyrs like it makes them not just how it makes them have a purpose beyond just their function in the story, which is really nice.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't expect like the satyrs of all people to be like have like a an interestingly developed like world, I guess. <laughs>
0: Wait, we wouldn't? Why?
1: And it's it's a I don't know. It's because like they're the funny little guys from the myths.
0: Oh okay.
1: I they're I don't know, they're like I would assume we would get like a lot of building on like the world of like the half bloods and like but it makes sense because like Pan is obviously a Greek god related to Seder. It makes sense. It's just not what you might immediately expect. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's like a nice surprise. Uh let's wrap it up.
0: Should we very quickly do our Percy Jackson trans segment and then just, that's it, we're done.
1: Yeah, we are speedering this today, folks. Um, Okay, Uh, which
0: is unfortunate because we actually have something today. What's that? Well, it's not exactly Percy Jackson trans, but I would argue it is undeniable Percy Jackson is not cishet. Go on. Uh... I didn't know what to say. It was cool enough that Luke had come to say goodbye. Yes! I've been afraid he might resent me for getting so much attention in the last few days, but here he was giving me a magic gift. It made me blush almost as much as Annabeth.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was. I wanted to talk about that. I forgot. Like by Percy real.
0: By Percy real, I guess. Which hell yeah.
1: Hell yeah, Percy! Live your truth. I love you. It's again. Um, it's
0: Greek mythology. This is just the correct way to write it.
1: That's absolutely true. Um, (laughs) Okay, Uh, my Percy Percy Jackson uh, Nazi hat moment of the week is at one point Percy says, "It's nice to know there are Greek gods out there, so you have someone to blame when really bad stuff happens." Paraphrased. Yeah, Um, we love to against the gods here. That is a trans moment.
0: I I know a trans girl who regularly talks about her desire to kill and eat
1: God. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll probably wrap it up here, folks. I mean, this uh, has been.
0: This has turned out remarkably well, I think, given the disastrous technical issues that keep happening on my end.
1: Yeah, like my earbuds died. Your mic was messed up. It's.
0: Yeah. It's a
1: lot. Um, but thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: If you have any questions or comments that you uh, want us to potentially read out on the show, you can either tweet us at Unwise Girls. Or email us at unwisegirlspod at gmail.com
1: Yeah, uh, you can Uh, find me on Twitter at Swamp Duchess. You can find Jane in a dog store looking at the poodles.
0: I won't buy them from there. You should get rescues. But they're good to just kind of look at and admire because they're very good and cute.
1: That's absolutely true. And as we always say...
0: What do... (laughs) See see you next week, camp (laughs) half-bloods.
1: See you next week, Camp Path Blood.